Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Isaiah 63, verse 15, through chapter 64, verse 12, we are going to be studying through prayer and how Isaiah prays for Israel's deliverance. So today's readings are coming from the ESV, and as you can imagine, it is a little bit of a longer passage, so we're not going to read it today, but I encourage you to follow along as we study through the text. So today, we're going to be seeing three aspects of prayer. It's a model that we would be well-suited to follow. The first is adoration, adoration of God, um, or adoring. The second is confession of sin. And the third is a plea for deliverance. So, as we study through this text, remember what Isaiah is praying for. Isaiah is praying for Israel that they would be delivered from their sin. You know, he's not praying for physical deliverance because they are out of the exile. However, he's praying for something that is just as, if not more important, and that is freedom from their sin. So, first let's look at the adoration of God. And right from the get-go, we see Isaiah praise God. So, That's not typically what we do. When we want something, you know, we just say, you know, Lord, I pray that you would help my bracket to win. You know, I pray that you would help me to get a good test on this or get a good score on this test. You know, that's what we pray for. We just jump right into it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But a good way to pray for deliverance from sin is first to praise God. You know, that's what Isaiah does. He praises God for three things shortly and then one bigger thing so let's look at the three smaller things first first is zeal isaiah says you know where is your zeal and your might he's saying you know lord i know you have this this zeal this burning desire for your people and this might your ability to do it you know zeal and might together are really powerful the desire to do something and the ability to do it and isaiah is saying lord you have both those things And Isaiah also points to God's compassion. He says, the stirring of your inner parts and your compassion are held back from me. Really, Isaiah's like, Lord, we know what this means. We know what it's like to have your compassion, to be brought out of the wilderness into the promised land, to to have patience extended to us for years and hundreds of years. And Isaiah is calling for that once more. And we also see, this is the bigger thing, a recognition of God's sovereignty. Look at what Isaiah says. This is really interesting. He says, O Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways and harden our heart so that we fear you not? That's a little interesting. You know, is Isaiah saying, you know, it's God's fault that they're sinning, that they can't help it? No, that's not what he's doing. You know, he wouldn't be repenting if that were the case. And the Bible clearly gives personal responsibility for sin. You know, we can't say, you know, well, you know, God made me like this. It's not my fault. You know, no, no one sins and is like, Lord, I want to do what's right. I just, you're making me do what's wrong. You know, no one does that. And we see, however, here that God does control Us, he has sovereignty over us, even when we fall into sin. God controls when we are falling away. And so, again, this does not mean that God makes us sin when we don't want to. You know, the people of Israel, 
When Isaiah says, why do you make us wander from your ways? He is asking God to put them back on the right track. Isaiah knows that God could have kept Israel on the right path if he'd wanted to. But in this case, he may have wanted to discipline them to help them to grow. And we see that God does that in the lives of believers. You know, sometimes we will be, we will fall into sin. And it's not like God was like, ah, no, they fall into sin. I can't help them. You know, God allows us to mess up sometimes so that he can help us get back up, you know, and get back going. You know, learn from our mistakes. Grow us more into the image of Christ. And we see that with the people of Israel, that God had let them fall into sin so that he could heal them. And so really, I mean, if he hadn't let them fall into sin, we wouldn't have had this passage, you know. And we see also that exalting God, it really gets us in the right place when we pray. You know, we've seen... This Isaiah praise and a recognition of sovereignty. But practically, you know, this exalting God puts us in the right place. When we pray, we're entering into the throne room of God. You know, look at Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of, time of need. So it's really important for us to remember who we are praying to. And then also why we pray. You know, we're not just praying to the wall. We're not, you know, sometimes we don't pray as we should because we don't think about what's happening when we pray. We need to think about my our prayers are going to God in heaven. Jesus is advocating for us at the right hand of God. That's crazy. Ultimately, we are praying for our needs to be met so that we can bring honor and glory to God who never fails us. That's the goal of our prayer. The goal of our prayer is not for us to have health and wealth. The goal of our prayer is not, you know, for us to just find our own way to live a comfortable life. The goal of our prayer is for us to honor God better. And our next point today is that there is confession of sin in godly prayer. Confession of sin. Isaiah doesn't pretend that Israel has no sin. You know, we read, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. That's in 64.6, okay? Isaiah says, you know, the best we've got to offer you, Lord, is nothing. That's crazy. Isaiah is literally saying, we've got nothing to offer you, God, but we still ask for your mercy. God already knows our sins, but confessing them to God helps us to put them in the light and helps us to fight that sin by realizing that God knows that we are not perfect. However, he helps us in our time of need. And confession of sin helps us to grow our dependency on God. You know, we can trust him more when we realize that he knows our sins. He knows when we make mistakes. However, he is still there for us. He has not neglected us. And so finally, we see a plea for deliverance. Isaiah appeals to God for the people of Israel. This is really where the rubber is meeting the road on this. You know, we've seen this adoration of God, this confession of sin, but now Isaiah is going straight into asking for help. We see that Isaiah appeals for the people of Israel, and he appeals to God's mercy because the people don't deserve forgiveness. Rather, God graciously 
gives it. And Isaiah appeals to God's name. He says to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. That's what he's looking for. And realize that God loves to loves to free his people from their sin, okay? Dane Orland points this out in his book, Gentle and Lowly, that Jesus loves to help us. What a comfort it is to know that while God hates when we sin, he loves to get us back on our feet. And I'm just reminded of 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And why is that? It's because we got the blood of Jesus on our side. When we fall, we have got to remember the God that we serve, that he loves to get us back on our feet so that we can honor and enjoy him more each and every day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us on Facebook at Adopted Believers. Thank you.